Hello, welcome to the Hoop Scoop Pod for the inaugural episode. My name is Nate. I am with my friend Phil. Hello there. And we are here. It is the NBA season. We are back. Um, it is not the NBA season. It's about a almost, It is almost the NBA season. It is about, not about, it is three days out. And we are Hoop Scoop. Um, so just for those who are listening, this is the inaugural podcast. We're going to give you guys... For those many few that are listening. <laughs> Soon. This is many. Progression, Soon, many. possibly. Soon, many. Not just many, few. And not just our moms. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to be giving you guys weekly podcasts based around what's happening in the NBA, the biggest news, deep dives on every week in the NBA. You'll have a weekly podcast every week, um, reviewing the past week, previewing the next one. Uh, today, we're just going to give a kind of a broader landscape of the NBA, previews, hot takes, all that good stuff, along with a little bit of a taste of what's going to happen in, in the first week um but you know we all we can ask for you guys is just follow our page on twitter at hoop scoop pod that's where you're going to get all of the links to the podcast and nonsensical well, memes nonsensical memes as well as the analysis of games all week you know we watch nba all week we're knicks fans so there's going to be some knicks talk but there's going to be all nba talk we're watching games all week constant analysis Constant, constant talk, constant hot takes. Yeah, we don't but, got a lot better things to do, so we watch hoop. That's true. But the hot takes are always legitimate. Never hot takes, just make hot takes. So follow follow the Twitter at Hoop Scoop Pod. Listen to the podcast right here on Anchor, on Twitter, wherever you get the pod. And um, that's that at Hoop Scoop Pod's Twitter. Let's get into it. Per looking ahead to this NBA season. We all know that there's a handful of teams that will be competing. You know, I'm sure there's a short list of those. But what are some diamonds in the rough in terms of storylines that you're paying attention to in the regular season that are kind of sources of intrigue when we don't want to just focus on the five or six teams that are probably going to be there in June? Uh, I'd probably go with um, Zion's injury history throughout the season because that will be very interesting to follow. Obviously, we know he's out for now in the beginning of the season, and I just don't know how many more little spurts of injuries are going to happen throughout the season because we know his body's just kind of built for injury, but he's able to sustain it for now, but we don't know how long that's going to last. So I think it'll be interesting to follow that and kind of see where his career trajectory changes in accordance with like kind of the injury situation that goes on throughout the season. Obviously, it doesn't just take a season, but you know, it'll be good to look at. Yeah, well, we know that Zion's going to be out in the beginning of the season to start after. It seems like he, he suffered some kind of knee injury. Yep. Preseason game. It was a little it was a little surprising to see the news. But regardless, it looks like he'll miss the beginning of part. What the timetable is is unclear. But what do you think that Pelicans team can do without him? Without him? I think they're probably something on the echelon of – higher upside Pistons, they're going to be – they've got a good combo of kind of like – not the Pistons, don't get me wrong. They, the um, Pelicans got a good combo of um, youth and veterans where, like, they'll be able to compete, but they're not going to be anything special. They'll just be kind of on the outside looking in for probably the whole season because Drew Holiday is going to have to step up. I know he'll do that, but <clears throat> if he's not on, like, an All-NBA second team by the end of the year, then if he's not making that kind of contribution – they're not going to be anything to talk about without Zion. Yeah, I, 
looking at the Pelicans, I think it's interesting because they are a really interesting team. They made some nice offseason moves. They brought in J.J. Redick. They bring in Derek Favors. They stole Drew Holiday. They have good players. Right. And then they have Lonzo and Brandon Ingram. But without, I think, the appeal of this Pelicans team, it's not nearly what it is. You know, I'm really excited to watch this Pelicans team. But without Zion, the luster just kind of goes away a little bit. Um, yeah. He is the most important player in that franchise. Yeah, I so. think a lot of that goes to, like, because Zion, obviously, when he's if he was playing, he'd be, he'd be the number two banana to Drew Holiday. And so now that he's gone, it's kind of – step down to Brandon Ingram and his his style of play and his efficiency is just not what you're looking for in like a number two guy and he does a lot of ISO and it's just uninteresting length going at it. He's a good prospect but he's just not he's not going to be live up to his number two pick. David Griffin was on uh, Adrian Wojnarowski in the offseason um, shortly after all of the free agency and the draft stuff died down. And he was talking about Drew Holiday. He said he thinks Drew Holiday can be an MVP candidate. Crack. <laughs> so. That's just ridiculous. Know, I mean. He may be a little biased, but. But I think we. He's not an MVP candidate. No, he's not. He. I think he is a really underrated player. I think. I think that if the Pelicans somehow find themselves in the top six in the West, which probably won't happen, but. Could happen. Drew Holiday could be. Okay. All right. I'm I'm just saying crazier things have happened. I mean, yes, Uh, crazier things have happened, but how often are they going to happen? We'll go into our Western Conference tiers later, but. Okay. um, Is this revenge tour time? Feel free to go into your revenge tour theories. Wonderful. So, yeah, revenge tours. I don't know if anybody's known this. There's a cult following for a tiny little fan base of revenge tours. Anyway, it's basically people, uh, players that have gotten disheveled and absolutely disrespected by the league, like Fultz getting traded for Jonathan Simmons. Just, just disrespectful. Anyway, so a revenge tour is basically what happened with D'Lo when he got sent to the Nets from the Lakers for basically just salary dumping Timothy Mozgov. That was kind of how it got coined. And mm-hmm. he was talking revenge, ter- revenge tour the entire season, and he was showing it. And so now you just kind of know, like, Someone that's getting ab- – there's always a player that gets absolutely disrespected for no reason. Like sometimes they might deserve it. Sometimes they don't deserve it that much. But anyway, they, it just kind of motivates them to grind harder. And I think that's what we're going to see with like Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball this year. So are you, are you anticipating good seasons from them? Because there's one thing to, to follow the narrative. It's another to actually think they're going to produce. So do you think these players are going to produce? Between those two, I think it's different. Relative for Markel Fultz, it'll be – He'll have a good season if he's getting like 10 to 12 points, 10, 12, 10 to 12 with like four and four on like healthier shooting numbers than he puts up now. If you can see his shots like improving, that's a big step because if his shots improving from what it was and there's no hitches as bad as it was before, you can have a hitch, but you got to kind of have a little leeway with it. Then it'll be, it'll be a big improvement for him. And then there'll be just one step for another bigger step. But with Lonzo, I think he's kind of at that point where he's got to make those big steps now. Like, he's on his second team. It's his fourth year or third year? Fourth. This is his third third season. All right, regardless. Anyway, it's his third season. He's gotten traded. He's got to show himself. He's he's got that contract coming up. I know they probably picked up his fourth. They definitely picked up his fourth option when he was on the Lakers. But that next contract's right around the corner, and you got to earn something. He's showing he can be a really good multifaceted point guard, but if he doesn't shoot, 
or he's not able to shoot like we saw in college, and it's just not going to be able to do anything. Fair. Um, the head coach that's going on the league. Right. Uh, we all know that this summer was pretty crazy with all of the players interchanging and the shift in the league from kind of big threes to big twos. I like it because it just makes more good teams. Um, I think there are some issues with what happens in the summer. I think something that's kind of going under the radar is that players kind of just, they spread out to the coasts. You know, you have four big stars going to the West, two big stars coming to the East. And in between it's kind of, it's kind of a lot of meh, you know, in terms of free agency movement, but that's neither here nor there. But what got lost in the shuffle with all of these free agency moves is the coaches that were involved. And I think there's going to be a lot of coaches this season in particular that are really going to have to adapt, really going to be thrown into situations that they're not used to. Um, we just talked about the, the coasts and some of those big free agency moves. So let's start with the Lakers and the Nets. You go with Frank Vogel, who I think people forget Frank Vogel is a coach of the Lakers. Yeah, for they sure. They got – they – when when people announced Frank Vogel as the coach of the Lakers, people started to head scratch a little bit. People were like, oh, okay, Frank Vogel. I mean, they wanted, I guess, more of a splashier pick, not the guy who just came off of a unimpressive stint with the Orlando Magic. But regardless, Frank Vogel is the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. And we've seen what happens with coaches with LeBron James. Um, they're always the first to blame. They're always the first to get their finger pointed. I... Don't know what's going to happen in Los Angeles, but don't be surprised if they get to a slow start that we see some Frank Vogel, is he on the hot seat talk? Well, let's not forget. Uh, uh, Jason Kidd is right there just lurking in the shadows waiting for him. And is oh, God. Are we really going to have Jason Kidd coach LeBron James? It's I don't just... know what it's going to be. He's he's so buddy-buddy. Did you watch Summer League? He was literally just following him around. I mean, I think I think if you follow the NBA for the last few years, I think we know Jason Kidd is not a good basketball coach. Great I'm basketball not, player. I'm not arguing with you, but he's for some reason they really like him, and they'll be like, all right, Jason Kidd, go go run your stuff, man. Well, well let, let, let's talk about the Brooklyn coaching situation for a second, too, because sure. – I'm not saying that Brooklyn has a much better team than last year because Durant, I think they're a better team because Kyrie Irving is a better player than D'Angelo Russell. The people who thought that they should have held off on Kyrie for D'Angelo Russell, they're wrong. Okay, Kyrie Irving is a level above D'Angelo Russell. If D'Angelo Russell ever becomes a player Kyrie Irving is, I would be pretty surprised. Anyway. All in all, the roster is the same practically. Ex- exactly. It really is not that much different. Um, they lose Jared Dudley. Um, that's, really, that's really their um, – so, but with that being said, although it's not that much of a talent upgrade, it is a culture difference. It is kind of an expectation difference where last year, they're the fun upstart Nets with a bunch of young guys that play hard every game and they make their way to a six seed, steal one from Philly, and it, it's impressive. It's cutesy. It's it, a cutesy little message. It's a rom-com. But that's not how it's – exactly. And that's not how it's going to be this year. Um, you got Kyrie Irving playing. And we know how Kyrie Irving is with the media. We know how Kyrie Irving is with people. He's different. You have Kevin Durant, not the bleachers, in the seats. He's sitting there every game, for most games, you would think. And that's a presence. There's there's an aura around the Brooklyn Nets that is different than what it used to be, regardless of what the talent is. So this is going to be a different experience for Kenny Atkinson. And the pressure will mount if they struggle early. I'm not saying that Brooklyn fans should be expecting – you know, 
an Eastern Conference title because that's not going to happen. I think if they're a top four seed here, if they win a playoff series, that's solid. If they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's really impressive. But regardless of what the expectations are, the aura is different around this Brooklyn Nets team, and I think it's going to be an adjustment for Kenny Atkinson as somebody who has been coaching the Nets these last few years, just kind of running and gunning, having fun, and, you know, there were, there were those Brooklyn Nets that just gave everybody a tough game, but that's not the case anymore. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, going back on my analogy before, it's really looking like it's going from 13 going on 30, a cutesy little rom-com <laughs> where you're just kind of there, you're enjoying it, it's good, but like you, you didn't like, expect anything. Off. You didn't now expect anything crazy. Movie. They got now it's now it's thirteen going. Now it's thirteen reasons why, and it's a serious somber thing <laughs> where you gotta hit your points. Mm-hmm. You gotta be on point and on topic when Kyrie Irving's in the building. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and yeah. listen, we know how this league works. Okay, the the, the coaches are the coaches don't call the shots. Okay, no. The, co- the coaches are there to manage egos and coach basketball. Sometimes that's <laughs> when David Fisdale has a job. Yeah. So. You know, if Kyrie Irving, Kevin Dur- <laughs> if if the, if the Brooklyn Nets start out, I don't know, seven and eight, I don't know. I haven't taken a deep dive into their schedule yet, but um, say they start out seven and eight and you hear murmurs of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving aren't liking direction. Maybe, they're, maybe their homeboy DeAndre Jordan starts talking. I don't like how they're using me. And boom, maybe Kenny Atkins is gone. I don't know. I'm just saying crazy things have happened um, for the head coaching storylines with all these new teams. I could definitely see that happening. I mean, I don't know if he's the first one, in my opinion, to go. Like, who do you have on your chopping block? Who's number one? Looking through the teams is tough because, um, you know, there, there's a lot of teams that the expectations are pretty clear, and I don't know if they're really in position to be fired. Like, a team like Miami, like Spolster's never gonna get fired, so that like they could they could disappoint. It's still not gonna happen. Same with like exactly. A team, same with a team like Dallas. So uh, I don't know. Like maybe if the Wizards are like really horrible, they get rid of Scott Brooks. I no, mean, the Wizards are gonna be very horrible. But they have confirmed I mean, that they have they have delusional leadership who might think otherwise. I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, for me, I'm looking at guys like Kenny Atkinson. I'm looking at Frank Vogel. Um, I'm also looking at Brett Brown in Philadelphia, though, because that's what I was thinking. He's, he's on my top chop block. But it's it's different, though, because like the Philadelphia 76ers are not playing to win 60 games. They're playing to win the Eastern Conference. And it's, so it does not really matter what seed they get um, as long as they are between. Well, we saw what happened last year with them. They didn't get the higher seed than the Raptors. And Joel Embiid went on a podcast with Zach Lowe, and he was saying how He's he's training he's changing his body because he needs to work on the mid middle of the season when like it gets lazy and sloppy. Yeah, he wants to get get that top seed so then they can have home court throughout. But the difference, but you're right. But the bottom is going to win that game seven, and they could have. I mean, obviously it helps if you're in Philadelphia. But I think the bigger point with Philadelphia is yeah, home court's nice, but. Is more important to having Joel Embiid playing his best basketball in April rather than playing his best basketball in January. I think that's most important. And if that takes load management, if that takes um, kind of you know letting guys like Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris and you know some nights Al Horford carry the load a little bit, then so be it. You might win less, some less games, but you could be playing in Philadelphia. If Joel Embiid can't get up and down the court, he struggles to play thirty minutes. You're not going to have a good time against the Bucks. So, I don't know. I mean, 
The Sixers just picked up Ben, Stop- ben Simmons and Giannis onto the Kumpo stopper Al Horford. So he can't stop Ben Simmons anymore. He's only got one man to stop in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, I, listen, Philadelphia is loaded. We'll talk about them later. But um, those are just some kind of underlying storylines that I think are going to be interesting to watch, especially if you get bored of just talking about the Clippers and the Lakers and the Bucks and the Sixers all day. Um, before we end it, one thing I'm interested in is the dynamic with the Pistons because that's going to be <clears> – <throat> We don't know what's going to go on. We know it's going to be ugly by the end, but we don't know how ugly it's going to be <laughs> in the beginning. And I think that's what matters. Because if they get off to a, oh, okay, nice job. Like, good for you guys. Kind of start where they're like 15 and 8. People will be like, okay, fine. The Pistons are well, – they're with They it started 3-0 right and last year. I don't know if people remember. Blake Griffin uh, dropping 50 against the Sixers in game three. Hey. I like that he, so much. He, he's, he's who I'm talking about. Because if he if they get off to a bad start, which I, I very much hope they do. Sorry for all those diehard grit and grind piston fans. But if they get off to a bad start, then they're gonna be shopping Blake immediately because they want to get as much value as they can. And I wanna see Blake going trade deadline before it, hopefully. But if he's if he lands on probably the Trailblazers would be my favorite pick, they would be crazy good. I don't know what they would be, but I they'd be to, very good. They they'd have to do some some salary some salary Sudoku, but well, they got Hassan Whiteside. They can just dump because he's got one year left. That does help. I, that pretty much does the the trick. If you do Whiteside and you throw in a little little sauce of uh, Nasir Little, who could at his peak probably be above average, and you throw in some picks, why not? I'm just skeptical that the Pistons would give up on on that project. I've heard a lot of st- – I haven't heard. I read Bleacher Report, and I've read a lot of murmurs. Maybe. Maybe. I, it's just, I mean, you, you get, when, you got, when you got Blake Griffin, you weren't expecting to win a title. You were expecting to be a decent team. They are delusional in that fact. They want to they they compete. But you, so the league is still a business, and if, if you're throwing Nasir Little and Hassan Whiteside out there with Derrick Rose and Luke Kennard, I mean – you might cut that attendance in half, which is all, which already on uh, for a team that already has worse attendance in the NBA. Oh, please, they'll be rebuilding. They'll be they'll put Siku Dumbaya out there wherever he wants, and he'll just be running the show with Andre Drummond chucking threes until they develop the year and just get a nice draft pick. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, if you is an is an organization willing to do that when your business is going to suffer at times, maybe uh, yeah, at some point with like the smaller markets, you always have to have that kind of reboot and reset. Like, we're not all going to get lucky mm-hmm. like the Thunder and just kind of, like, have this lap of, oh, you guys want Paul George? Okay, cool. Okay, here you go. And then they get all this rebuilding capital back. Places yeah. like the Pistons that are right. flashy aren't going to get that kind of stuff, and they got to go through. They got to get in the mud to get out of it. Fair, fair. These, these are all things to consider when we're going through the, the long regular season. Because it is long. So, looking at some of the teams that are projected win totals, looking at Vegas, looking at their over-unders. We're going to talk about which teams we think are going over their projection and which team is going to go under. Me and Phil each have one team in mind. Phil, let's start with the negative. Who do you see doing worse than they're projected? Um, I definitely got to go with the Mavericks. They are not that good. Plus, they're going to – at some point, for probably either a 12-game stretch, maybe once or twice, they're going to lose Chris Stops because we know he's, he's doing load management, but we also know he's, he's big on that injury-prone vibe. 
So he's gonna be he's gonna be good when he's there, but we don't know how long he's gonna be there or when he's gonna be there. So that'll be interesting. Um, the Pistons are heftily under their thirty-seven point five. I have really? to actually. I'll probably say depending on what how they start out. Because if they start out slow, they might just clunk the season and just try to lose as many games as possible and send people out. Like I was, we were talking about before. I think the Warriors will probably go over. If we want to go into overs, or if you want to talk about your unders, well, let's talk about your first two picks first. Um, sure. Dallas and Detroit. I agree with Dallas. I think that people are going to fall in love with the idea of Luca and Porzingis. And as sad as this for Knicks fans, it, it is very appealing. Oh. It, it, it is something that looks really nice on paper. It looks pretty solid in the preseason so far, although we don't like to get too much in the preseason. But preseason it, is key. It looks okay. It looks okay. And it sounds it and it sounds even better. But you make a good point with Porzingis and um his load management. I mean, I'd be surprised if he played more than sixty games, honestly. I mean Yeah, that's a good number. It's it's like so that's something I mean, to watch for. So that's a lot of games missed in the Western Conference where Pretty much every team is a tough game besides, I guess, Memphis and Phoenix. And you can even make an argument that Phoenix is going to be looking to win this year, although it seems that they say that every year. But regardless, I agree. Dallas, I think, is a team that is going to be more... Right now, their over-under is at 40.5. So um, Vegas has them being a 500 team. I see them getting more like 35 to 38 wins. Um, Detroit... I kind of disagree with you. I think right. that I think that Detroit is go gonna, off king. I think Detroit will be fine. I think they're going to be, you know, hanging around that six through nine area in the East. I think Blake Griffin is a top tier player in the East. I think Derrick Rose can still play basketball, and he's on the Detroit Pistons now. If anybody knew, I'm sure some people don't. Derrick Rose is on the Detroit Pistons, and I think he's better than Reggie Jackson. I think he'll okay. Oh, okay. Let's let's settle down. Who's better than Reggie Jackson? What I mean, is, I think no, up- no, no, no. He definitely is. But okay, how so far up- is it really to be better than Reggie Jackson? Regardless, it's an upgrade. They upgraded there. Luke Kennard really started to make to, uh, take his stride at the end of the year. He's another player that I think will help them. Um, I think Detroit's going to be all right. I think Detroit's going to want to win games. Um, I think I have them in the playoffs actually. Um, now that I think of about it, we'll talk about some more prediction stuff later, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going one for two with you right there. <laughs> one for two. All right. So yeah. what do you, who do you have going over? So I'll, 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 I'll go off of what you're talking about in terms of teams that are, I think, yeah, that's good. That are, that are going to go over. So a team that is going to impress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm taking the Oklahoma city thunder 31 and a half wins is way too low for the thunder. Um, I think the thunder will be decent. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs because it's going to be really hard to play in the West. But I think they're going to be a tough game every single night. I think they're going to beat the bad Eastern Conference teams. I think Chris Paul is going to have a really nice year. They got Danilo Gallinari, who I think is going to be – I mean, it's kind of funny because Danilo Gallinari, I think, was the kind of player they've been looking for these last few years. Um, he wasn't. He's not a two-guard, and they've kind of looking for two, but – there's no reason that they – I mean, if they had Danilo Garnari last year with Danilo, Paul George, Westbrook, I, I mean, I like that a lot, but – Well, yeah. They got, they got him a little late. Um, ifs and buts. Candies yeah. and nuts. <laughs> yes. But I think Danilo Garnari is going to help them a lot. He's still a good player. He's got some injury problems himself, but he's a shooter. Um, Steven Adams, 
Overpaid, yes. Good basketball Possibly player. Possibly traded. Also, yes. Also, yes. But good player, also, yes. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, she goes to Alexander. Really nice like player. I'm, really I'm nice player. So, I think the Thunder will be all right. I think the Thunder will be in the same territory as the Mavericks. So, a nine-game difference in terms of over-unders was kind of crazy for me to see. Um, Gun to your head. Um, Thunder over <clears throat> Mavericks. Yes or no? No, I'd still take the Mavericks. Interesting. But I, I really think every team in the West has the has, you know, is, can hang around five hundred except for the Grizzlies and probably the, the Suns. So thirty one to half is just like a really low number to see for any of those teams. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Thunder is better than a few teams in the West. I mean, they can be better than Dallas. They just probably won't be. <laughs> yeah, I uh, we'll see. Um, I got one quick one. Are we are we taking the under on the Hornets? On <laughs> the Hornets, uh, what, what's the number for the Hornets right now? Twenty three and a half. Um, yeah, I probably would. I mean, it's hard to take the under on any of those on a team that's projected to win the least amount of games in the league, but they are a really bad team. Um, you got a few bad. I mean, a lot of teams. I think most teams actually are in like a really good spot. There's there's only a few teams that I think are in like a bad spot in terms of oh, yeah, where definitely. their franchise is heading. I think the Wizards are in a pretty bad spot. Um, yeah, they're they're just the, treading the, in place. The Knicks aren't in a great spot, but at least they have something. The Cavs are somewhat a, of an idea of what the Cavs doing. aren't in a Same great spot. The but the Hornets are in a, like it's tough. It's really tough. <laughs> it's, t- it's tough in Charlotte right now. So yeah, that the, the Hornets could be. The Hornets could win less than twenty games. They could. They, they at least they had the All Star game. Yeah, at least they have Miles Bridges. He can dunk. He yeah, that is true. And at oh. least they're paying Tyro Zero a lot of money. They are paying him an absorbent amount of money. But yeah, I, I if you told yeah, I would probably take the under on, on Hornets twenty three and a half. I probably would because every every year it seems there's a team that wins twenty games, like twenty flat almost, and they're they're probably that team this year. You don't think they're going to hit under 20? I think they're a sub-20. They could be. It, it's more likely they're sub-20. I think they're, like, right around 20. So, I think, like, 18 to 22 is their sweet spot. So, yeah, I probably would take the under. All um, right. Well, you talked about the Cavs. Speaking of the Cavs, you could talk about Kevin Love and, like, his possibility of getting shipped out. What do you think about sure, that? Sure, yeah. Let, we can we can pivot into team players that we can be on the move. And I was actually – I was going to bring this up. You said earlier Blake Griffin. I'm a pivot master, man. You are a pivot master with the triple threat, but I think I think Kevin Love is a be- is a better trade candidate than Blake Griffin. Because uh, I don't know. I'll give you. I'll tell you why. Because first of all, um, the Cavs are not gonna. They're not gonna be good. There's no chance. There's no chance the Cavs in the playoffs. I'm gonna. You're say telling that. me a combined six two average, or if you add them together, Darius Garland. And Colin Sexton are probably six one and a half. Yeah. So if you're putting them on defense together, you don't think that's gonna be a good defense? Not. Really? Yeah. Okay. But I think and you were we were talking earlier about Blake Griffin to Portland. Yes. How about Kevin Love to Portland? That's been talked about for like five years. They were talking about sending him out there when LeBron was on the Cavs. Well it's well, it's a better fit. And and I think the Cavs are more likely to take on 
salary and draft picks in the Pistons. I mean, the, the, the Pistons made the Blake Griffin move so they wouldn't tread water. So what are they, they doing? Well, no, so, they w- so, so they would tread water. Sorry. So they would tread no, water. They, they don't, if they're treading water. They don't want to sink. If they're treading they water, just they just trade it for Blake Griffin to get flippers to help them tread for a little longer. Okay, fine. Well, that's what they're doing. And they were an eight seed last year. Um, I think they'll be right around that again this year. If they figure so, out what a three is, they'll be f- okay. Yeah. Luke Kennard can well, do the I, job. But, eh. I like I like Kevin Love as a trade candidate. Um, talk, staying in the East, a player who's probably not going to get traded now is Bradley Beal. Um, he recently got extended mm. for two years. I don't think he gets traded. Um, this season, I think. No. Yeah, exactly. I think I th- and I, I don't think he really wants to get traded. I think that him and John Wall, they formed a pretty nice relationship. I think he wants. I think him. I think Wall and I think the Wizards all want to give the Beal Wall experiment one more go in the twenty 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 one season. Minus Porter. I think that's what. Minus Porter. Sad. Yes, but I think they're going to give it one more go next year. They're going to suck again this year. Hopefully, they get a nice pick. Maybe Hachimura out of Gonzaga is a nice player. Who knows? I'm not going to speak too much on that. You think we know? I do think we knows. You don't think he's good? I think he's all right. I mean, if you're expecting Hachimura to be like the guy or like third banana, that's a lot. No, but maybe he could help their team. I mean, he could help, yeah, but like you just I mean, drafted Wall him 12th and... and he's going to be probably like he could be your sixth man off the bench or just dominate a second Second string, but that's about it. Okay. Well, I mean, John Wall and Bradley Beal is a, is, is a nice tandem. It is. I, I know John Wall that... will show up again. He's, he's yeah. busy. So I think, I think that's what they're gearing towards. I think they're gearing towards next year. Um, I, think they're, I think that's what we're going to think about. Bradley Beal will probably have another astounding offensive season, and they're probably going to win below, below 32 games, you know, 30, 30 games probably for the Wizards at most. So what do you think Bradley um, Beal's hunting for this year? Because he's obviously just going to be a good player on a bad team. You think he's going to go for just, first or second team All-NBA? That's just that's all he's got? Probably not because he doesn't win. Well, that's I mean, all he's got. Sure. I mean, what else can he shoot for? He's shooting. He's just going to do what he did last year again. Right. I think that's – I think it's <laughs> – some guys, you know, just they're – I mean, he's still a young guy. Um, he's just going to go out there and play. Maybe they win some nice games at the beginning. Maybe they're hanging around. Um we talk about okay. the Wizards' depth in the wing because they have nobody. They have Troy Brown, who is – They don't have a He's lot. a bad Evan um, Turner, which is hard to do. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm not going to try to sell you on the Wizards because, you know, that, that's, not, that's not something I'd want to buy. But, uh, listen, it, 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 I think Wizards fans are happy to have Bradley Beal back. I mean, yeah. Um, it's really just kind of middle them, and at least they have something to go on for. Let's talk about for this year. Who's a player you think is going to be a first-time All-Star? All-Star. I'm o- I'm always interested in these players because even though the All-Star game, it kind of it's it's not much of a sh- of an event anymore worth watching. I honestly tune out of the game at times. It's really just the product is bad, but it's interesting to see who is an All-Star. I mean, it is it is a good accomplishment. It is it is kind of a benchmark we use to gauge where players are at in their career. Who do you think? Could be a first time all star. He's talking East or West. Anything. Throw him at let's, me. Let's go East first. Because I think sure. I mean it's it's desolate out there. We're in a barren <laughs> wasteland in the East. I think 
a lot of people are going to show up and probably have good game, good years because they're going to be – there's a lot of good players on, like, kind of all right middling teams, but there's just not that many top-end talent or top-tier talent. There's Giannis in the East and then Joel, Ben Simmons. But, like, where does it go after that? Kemba, yeah. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, yeah, if he ever gets his face right. So who's your man? Who's my man's? It's definitely Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Bouncy fellow. Okay. Then, yeah, okay, I can see <laughs> that. <laughs> I like Zach Levine's game a lot. Um, it'll be kind of dependent, I guess, on how many wins they get. But He's going to get so said, many touches, though. I mean, the team is team's not bad. They're going to get an okay amount of wins because they've got a lot of depth and different sp- – they're like a better version of the Knicks, just with better young talent. I yeah I like that pick I think he'd be there um he's got a really nice game his defense is at least something to be desired but so do a lot of people so yeah, um, it's not cool anymore my guy my guy is Aaron Gordon Aaron Gordon that's interesting the the Magic sent an All Star last year but it was not Aaron Gordon it was Nikola Vucevic Nikola. I think I think the Magic are good I think I think that the Magic can be the third best team in the East oh, um, wow I I said it I I'm not saying they will be. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think they can be. They play hard all the time, which is worth something because not every team does. Um, yeah, but they, trying hard is only goes so far. But, but they have good players as well. Vucevic is still going to produce for you. Who's there? Terrence Ross is still going to shoot for you. Jonathan Jonathan Isaac is getting better. He's getting better. <laughs> Marco Fultz, who knows what we get? You got four people Aaron? deep, and you had to go. They're getting better. <laughs> I mean, Aaron realistically, a really Aaron Gordon's a good player. I'm not, I'm not gonna debunk that. But are you, are you telling me you'll count on Sir DJ Augustine to be your sixth man of the sixth man and expect third seed, fourth seed? I'm not. I, listen, third seed sounds crazy until you think about the teams. Who's, who's then? You know, I mean, Indiana is, I think, the third best team. But yeah, I think we don't I know what's Indiana happening with the ahead. injury. Yeah, Oladipo, his knee. What was his kneecap? Yeah, his kneecap was displaced. Um, Let's talk about Aaron Gordon because I, we'll talk about our predictions. Um, that's my hot take. But I Fair think enough. that because of that, Aaron Gordon can can get there. He's a guy with supreme athleticism. He's a guy who pr- improves his shot every year. I love the guys who come in as non-shooters. And you kind of know they're never going to be elite shooters, but at the same time, they just keep on getting better. Um, and... Aaron Gordon is one of those guys. Um, you know, look at his three-point percentage. Comes in the league 27. Next year, 30. Just hangs around the 30s. And now he's shooting 35% from three, taking four a game. Um, you, you combine that with his passing, it's okay. He's averaging about four okay. assists a game. No, yeah, that's good he's, for a four. What is he, a four or a three nowadays? He can, I think he could be a three or a four. He, he um, plays most of the time a four. Yeah. Um, six, nine... Good length, good defender. I think Aaron Gordon's going to have some really good games this year. Um, I'm excited to watch him. I think he's be an all-star. I'm never one to argue wingspan. That's one of my key <laughs> factors in drafting people and rating them. But uh, speaking of, you just made me think of something. What are we thinking with Milwaukee? Probably the first seed, at least at the all-star break. Milwaukee will probably be the first seed, and they'll, they'll probably send two all-stars again. Probably you, Giannis and Middleton. You think just two? I'm thinking. What about what about Sir Brooke? No, no, no. All right. If you don't think, so, <laughs> I mean, I'm just floating it out there. 
The man is solid. No. He's a good contributor, and he's going to make – he's going to have – they're going to formulate his offense more around him because they're going to want – like these guys – Malcolm Brogdon's out there. That's a lot of touches and 15 points gone from the, from the season, from your normal season stretch. That's a lot of touches and a lot of points gone. Someone's going to have to make up for it. Nikola Mirotic hated Milwaukee so much he went back to Europe. Tony <laughs> Snell – there's no, I can't offer much about that. <laughs> I mean, who you got stepping up? Pat Connaughton? Dante DiVincenzo? No. It's going to be Brooke Lopez. He's going to be getting about, the buckets. What about, Eric, what about Eric Bledsoe? Eric Bledsoe. He's going to have his 15 points and as many point assists as he did turnovers. That's just how he goes. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's Giannis Middleton and that's about that in Milwaukee. Uh, then I think you're going to get two guys from Philly. And then I think you're gonna get. I think I think Siakam's gonna step in. Oh, for I think sure. Irving's, I think Kyrie's stepping yeah. in. If he's not hurt, Blake, uh, maybe Miles Turner, and you know we fill it out from there. Jimmy Butler. Um, so yeah, he's still be. They'll be it'll be a bad All Star team compared. To, well, actually, we don't have this. It's a good thing they're drafting. We, we, we do this. Do I hate the draft, but we'll talk about that later. Well, it's a good thing they're drafting though, because if it just did East and West, then like maybe they know to make the East try. They'd have some little pride on the line. I don't know. I don't, I don't think any of them have pride. He'll just be like, whatever, All right. I'm hanging. All right. Well, we're going to get into our West. West. Do you want to go first? Be my guest for the West. Um, I mean, there's a lot of options in the West in terms of first-time All-Stars. I'm going to kind of cheat here, though. Okay. I'm, going to give a hot, I'm going to give a hot take for a team where nobody has been on the All-Star team. Not a single t- player on this team has been to the All-Star game. The Utah Jazz, I think, are sending two All-Stars in the loaded West. Two All-Stars for the Jazz. All right, settle down. Pick, pick two. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, pick two. Two of them are going go to the, go to the All-Star game. Um, okay. I'm not sure about that because, I mean, they're going to be good. They're probably they're going to be that young team that's, like, trying to make a name and trying to get top seed. See, that's that's where I don't. I think they're past that. I don't know. I, I think mean, that's what the I Denver the Nuggets are did the past two years. They're trying to push the envelope. They're better. They're better than the Nuggets. I'm not saying they're better or not. I'm just saying the Nuggets last year they were that young team on the rise, and so they were gunning in the regular season. And then when it came to postseason, like you saw, like the Warriors, the Rockets, they were they were what actually mattered. Like the Nuggets had a run for their money when they were playing the Spurs because they're burnt out from the regular season. I'm going to say this right now. It would not shock me if at the All-Star break, Utah Jazz are number one seed in the West. No, it's not crazy because think about it. The Clippers are then only going to have they, Kawhi. Then they, should, then they should get two All-Stars. Maybe. If you're, I'm, I'm not saying it will happen. I think it could. I think for certain um, it's Rudy Gobert will be an All-Star because he deserves it at this point. But Donovan Mitchell might squeak in. Mike Conley, it would be nice if he did. Tried and true um, Mike Conley fan. But there's a lot of guys in the West. You, you could go Doncic. That's what um, I'm you thinking. Could, you could go somebody from maybe Drew Holiday if they have a nice year. Um, I think there's a tiered level. Like the ones you expect, all the, all the stars. And then there's like that tier where it's like probably maybe. Like a few, two, one or two of them are going to get picked where it's like Doncic, Fox. Um, like you said, Drew Holiday. And I'm putting Mitchell in that group. Like it's possible, but like not all of them are going. And not a lot of them are going from that group, if anything. You're right. So, Doncic's your guy. Um, 
Uh, I'd probably go Drew Holiday over over the bunch. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Who the West picking? is, you know, there's a lot. Of... One pick. One player? One pick from the West. If I'm picking one player, I'd pick Rudy Gobert because I think the Jazz are going to be that good. And I think, um, although Donovan Mitchell is the sexy pick, but Rudy Gobert is probably <laughs> the most, the most imp- <laughs> he's probably the most important guy. So I'll go Gobert. All right. Um, all right. How'd you feel about that? It was okay. I felt like we got a little off topic. Yeah, that's the one thing. Enough with the the small talk and the the cute stories and you know the the first time all stars. We're talking about table, the big stuff. We're going rookie of the year, MVP, Eastern Conference champ, Western Conference champ, and then of course, who is our Finals champion? Ready to go? About as ready as I'll get. Alrighty. Rookie of the year. What are we talking? Uh, I'm talking I'm talking not Mr. Zion because I'm thinking he's definitely gonna be the best player on the bunch. But it's gonna come down to that debate where it was like I think it was two or three years ago where they were like, Joel Embiid's definitely the best player, but he played like I think it was sixty two games. I don't think Zion's gonna even play sixty two games. He's probably going to be in that like fifty fifty five range. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think Zion is there. I mean, if I'm from an NBA franchise, I want Zion out of any of these rookies. Right. But, um, By far the best when he's on the court, but we don't know the ratio. We don't know that. It's also a team that, out of all of the teams of some of these high profile rookies that are on, I think can manage without him. Oh um, yeah. They have a lot of good players. That team, um, I think, even if he wasn't there, they kind of, they'd hover around the eighth seed. I think. Oh, I agree. So, so they're not going to push him. There's no reason to. They're not a title contender, obviously. So I don't think it's on either. But who do you have? Who was your who's your pick? Rookie of the year. Well, I was just getting I was getting the clerical stuff out the way. Okay. I'm thinking I'm a little on the fence because personally, I think I think it's going to come down to people who. Got a lot of room to just kind of go. They got a full leash extension. Like Kobe mm-hmm. White, I think he's possible, but he's got so many mouths to feed that he might not be able to get the points that you need. Because rookie of the year, a big chunk of it is points, let's be real. But mm-hmm. I think someone like maybe John Morant, because he's only got – he's literally got two mouths to feed and one of them's his own. It's him and Triple J. There's You don't see him – he's not going to be outlet passing to – Grayson Allen on the cut. No, he's just going to take it coast to coast. And that's where he's going to be able to get a lot of points, and his his stats are going to look. They're going to be inflated, but they're going to cater to him, and it'll look good for him. Yeah, my pick. My pick is John Morant. Um, Jarhead. Yeah, I think he, he's in a situation similar to Trey Young last year. Trey Young, they're not the same player in any way. I mean, they're both wiry guards, but. John Rant's more of a playmaker. Wiley guards. Uh, wiry guards. Oh, wiry. wiry. I thought you meant wiry. wiry guards. <laughs> no, wiry. They got those, you know, Dude, those wiry arms. John Morant uh, looks so tiny. It's ridiculous. Dude. He's, he's, a little, he's a little small frame, but. Like, even when I, like, I'm looking at him on the court in the preseason, and he's like, like people are towering over him. Like, again, Charlotte, Terry Rozier had, like, a good little distance, like taller than him. Like Terry Rozier is like six one before we even know like his actual height. So that made me curious how big Jarhead Morant is, but he he's definitely athletic. 
He's athletic. He's fast. Really crafty with the ball. I'm looking forward to watching him play. I'm going to tune in some Grizzlies games this year. Um, I'm going to have not to. Gonna, they're not going to win, but I think this guy can play. He was fun to watch in college. Um, I didn't watch a ton of Murray State games, but when he got to the tournament, um, he put on a show. He knows how to play the game. He's not going to force it. But I think he's just in one of those situations where, like, the Memphis Grizzlies want him to win Rookie of the Year just so yeah. they have something to talk about. We have the Rookie of the Year. Exactly. That's a thing. Um, I think the Hawks really wanted it last year, but Luka just played too well, so they couldn't really do it. But Nothing you can do about that. Yeah. But I think I think John Rand's in a great position. The Grizzlies are going to suck. They're, I think they could be the worst team in the West. Um, Interesting. But – Rookie of the year is all about numbers because none of these team players yeah. are going to be on great teams. So, yeah. So, who do you got for MVP? If you want to go there, actually, no. Let's go MIP. 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 I hate MIP. I appreciate right, we'll MIP. Anyway, do you? I I I'm happy for the MIP. Usually, it's a guy you're like, all right, good good for, good for D Yeah, I guess. Um, MIP. I, I think a guy who could really who's who's slowly been good, but nobody's really paying attention to him. Who I think could have like a a solid year, like a, a year that kind of makes people pay attention is Justice Winslow. Uh-huh. Uh He had he had nice numbers last year. Okay. Um, twelve and a half, twelve and a half points, five boards, four assists. Pretty pretty numbers. I think Justice Winslow could get close to 20 points per game this year. Maybe. <laughs> He's athletic. We know that. His shot is, like, weirdly good. Like, he, like, weirdly shoots well from three. I don't, I don't think pe- – I mean, he shot 37.5% last year and 38% the year before. And it's weird because he still can't shoot free throws. Yeah. But – and his volume has been pretty low. He only took 11 shots per game last year. But he took four threes per game, and he played 30 minutes per game. And I think the Heat are going to be pretty solid. I think the Heat are going to be around the – I think they're going to be closer to the three seed than they will to be to the 10 seed. You know, I think they're going to be hovering around that middle of the playoff race. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Justice Winslow um, – you know, he's not Pascal Siakam, but – in that kind of role on like a a a B minus Toronto Raptors team where Jimmy Butler is your Kawhi Leonard and Goran Dragic is your Kyrie Lowry, I think Justice Winslow could be your, be your Pascal Siakam. Okay, you don't think um, Bam Adebayo's got a better shot at that, even on his own team? I like Bam a lot. I just think he's going to be like a better version of what he was last year. Um, he's still so young. Yeah, I, I'm just I saying just in that role I, of like a Pascal Siakam, it seems like Bam Adebayo is more more the guy for the mold. I just don't see Bam Adebayo upping his offensive game enough. Right. Well, that's that's not who I'm picking. I'm thinking more along the lines of a very more of a in the spotlight kind of kind of pick, and it would probably be Jamal Murray because right now is he, he is he eligible? You don't think so? How much better can he be? I mean, he only averaged 18 points. He only averaged 18 four and four. Okay. All right. Speak he, speak. he did not have a he he didn't average over a steal. If he can just get his numbers up and be more of a facilitating guard, the points are going to come more easily, and he'll just be able to get easy shots up. <clears throat> There's a lot of mouths to feed, and he should be the one feeding them. I know. I get Jokic is a great catalyst, and he should be doing what he's doing. 
but they can get little one-two sets where it's Jamal Murray, uh, Jamal Murray and uh, the Joker doing some pick and roll, and it gets to Joker, and then Jamal Murray's making some cuts or he's popping back off for three. It seems like some pretty simple stuff. I just how like how good how much better is he gonna be? I you mean, know? if he's going from eighteen to like twenty three, twenty five points, and then like six and six, that's a big jump. It is okay. Maybe I think maybe. he could do it. I mean, why not? He's gonna. He has to be an all star too. He he will have to be an all star, but the Nuggets will probably be top three in the West. So I mean, Ooh. you don't think so? Who else? Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll, we'll see. We'll Who see. Else? We'll, talk, we'll talk. We'll talk about our tiers. All right. But, um, let's go MVP. MVP. Don't we have other things? Coach of the year. I don't care about those. All right. Wow. Um, I don't. I don't care. In depth coverage. <laughs> um, we talk about the important things. MVP. The important things get in depth, in depth coverage. MVP. I'll probably go Giannis again. James Harden will have a good run, but he's gonna he's gonna teeter off with the kind of adjusting to Westbrook. He's going to get his points, don't get me wrong, but his his overall game will kind of not suffer, but it'll be it'll be lessened because he doesn't have to do as much because Westbrook's there to, to kind of go Harden's turn, Westbrook's turn, kind of like what they did with the Thunder, like uh, Westbrook and Durant, except now it's just with the Rockets. Yeah, uh, Giannis is definitely the favorite, and you, know, you, you can't say that he won't. They'll probably be the best team in the East again. I'm picking Stephen Curry. Okay, that was, that's think- not a bad one. I th- I think that they're probably not going to be a top three team in the West, but I think they're going to win 50 games. He's going to have Curry, an absurd stat line. I think Curry is going to be crazy this year. Um, he's just he's just a guy that even when it seems like he has no help, his efficiency just never seems to really suffer. So it's crazy. I I, I mean. He's going to have Jamon Green. He's going to have D'Angelo Russell. After that, it's a lot of guys that you probably can't even name off the top of your head. They're going to, they're going to be throwing Damian Lee out there. Um, they just made space for Marcus Chris. Jordan so, Poole. Jordan Poole. Looney's still there. but Looney's kicking. Steph, Stephen Curry is he's matchup proof. He's defense proof. His efficiency isn't going to go anywhere. I think he's going to lead the league in scoring. I think he's going to – he might take the most shots in the league. Um, he's still going to get you seven assists. I could see Curry getting 33, seven, and six, something crazy on like 47% from the field and 44 from three. I, I, nothing's beyond this guy. I'm not going to – I mean, I they're hard to do, like but – Curry fanatic, but that's yeah. what I'm going with. All right. Um, what's next? What do you want to do next? Let's talk about um, let's talk about our teams. Let's talk about the teams that we think are going to matter when it when the season matters. You know, all right. we, um, the, we all love watching regular season, but we're talking playoffs now. Who As Knicks fans, like? you can only really watch the regular season. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, Eastern Conference, who's your team? Uh, Sixers, pretty handedly. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you just line it up, just line up wise, they lost, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Pushing for the second best player, but definitely the third best player, Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton's good, but he is—he's going to struggle against like he's going up against Ben because Ben's not going to have to guard Giannis anymore. They got the Ben Simmons Giannis stopper, but now that he hasn't got to stop Ben. He's just got to stop Giannis and Al Horford. Mm-hmm. So Al Horford will be—he'll be doing his his dirty work, and then Ben Simmons—who's he going to cover? Uh, Dante DiVincenzo? 
George Hill. He'll probably just cover Middleton, and Middleton can't handle that kind of size and athleticism. Most people can't, to be fair. Okay, um, I'm I'm picking the Bucks. Interesting. I, I think that well, the Bucks are the favorite. Let's not get it twisted. I mean, here. yeah, but that's just because they were I, last I year. They've, they've, the, their roster's been weakened. Their roster has been weakened. Um, they have guys that I think people like kind of forget about that I think could could help at some points. Um, Wesley Matthews, he, he got to add to the roster. Um, they have Robin Lopez, um, Brooke Lopez. These are guys that are going to help you, and I think they have the best player in the series, in Giannis. Um, no, I won't argue that, but I think would you rather have number one or would you rather two, three, four, and five? I don't think they have two, three, four, and five. They I mean, two and three. In the series? If it was a yeah. series of Chris uh, Middleton is Chris Middleton is better than Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Al Horford, Tobias Harris. Yeah, well, I mean, he's not better than Ben Simmons, but he's better than everybody else. Uh, Al Horford is. You think he's better than Joel Embiid? No, no, no. Hold I'm the phone, man. No, Chris Middleton is better than your three, four, and five. He's not better than your one and two. No, Giannis is the one. This is all getting jumbled now. Giannis is the one. Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, two. Ben Simmons, three. Uh, Al Horford, four. Tobias Harris, five. Chris Middleton. I'd probably give yeah, you well, actually yeah, so Tobias would... Harris under Chris Middleton. That's that's fair. Well, regardless of who's ranked where, there's there's more to the series than just the depth. I mean, I mean, there, there's more to the series than just the top. Sorry. The, the depth is important. Um, the Sixers... That's where they struggle at some points. Is when we know Joel Embiid can't play the whole game. We know we know he can't even really play. Once he gets close to forty minutes, we see the quality of his conditioning struggle. And I think that's that's going to be a talking point for the whole season. Is how can they get Embiid to where he's playing his best basketball when it really matters? Because when you have to throw guys out like Jonah Bolden and Mike Scott, who actually played okay, but. This, you know, in the Eastern Conference Finals, you you got to have your horses out there, and if 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 your depth is not where it needs to be when it matters, it's going to be tough to compete. Um, because you take Embiid away from that lineup, and the offense, I don't really know where you get it from. Tobias Harris isn't really a do-it-yourself kind of guy. No, he's ben, not. Ben Simmons, the jury's still out on his offense. I know we always hear about the shooting. Um, and then the names sound great, but Philadelphia has been prone to kind of clunky offense at times. Brett Brown, I know that the players love him, and I know that he's a fun guy to listen to with his Load ambiguous up, ac- with his ambiguous accent. I'm not really sure what it is, Boston. but so, some something. But um, I I've been unimpressed with their offense. Um, I saw I I read some stat. It's like. Ben Simmons has taken 82 shots outside of the paint. I think Ryan Russillo spoke about this on Twitter, so I don't want to act like I found it myself. But I heard it. Ben Simmons has taken 82 shots outside of the paint last season. Last season he took 82 shots outside of the paint, which makes sense. Um, That's, you know, about a shot outside of the paint a game. That's probably about right. Joel Embiid took over 400. 
that's just that's just bad offense. That the the fact that we're not get, they're not getting Joel Embiid in his spots where he could be effective, and I I can see that just through an eye test when I watch the Sixers. It doesn't seem like they know how to use their personnel that well. I agree. They just Brett Brown does not have the whole kind of recipe. He doesn't have it all figured out yet. But I mean, yeah. guaranteed, like just their their top end talent kind of and their their depth of top tier talent kind of just precedes what they're able to do, which is not good, but that's just kind of sometimes how you get by. They well, yeah, they can get by, but can you get by against a team like the Bucks? That's top end talent may not be as loaded as you, but you have a guy on Giannis who is as good as anybody in the NBA. You got Chris Middleton who can score with the best of them, and you got a team that plays the right way because Budenholzer. I mean, the Bucks. The Bucks outcoached the Sixers as well. That uh, that's the thing. So, all right then. Um... Explain to me who is guarding Joel Embiid when he's on the floor. You'll you'll have to put one of the one of the, one of the Lopez's on him. One or both. Who's guarding Tobias? <laughs> Maybe both. Tobias, you throw um, one of your wings. You know, Pat uh, Chris. Yeah, Conan, Middleton, Wesley Matthews. Middleton will be busy. He's got Simmons. <laughs> Giannis is guard either Giannis is guarding Simmons or Middleton's guarding well, Simmons. Well, until proven otherwise, I can throw Eric Bledsoe on Simmons. Eric Bledsoe will not be playing, man. <laughs> We've seen we what will. happens when he does in playoffs. He he shots the bed. Maybe it's common uh-huh. happens. George Hill then. George Hill. Right, okay, he's he's a sturdy veteran. Yeah. Um. Hey, we'll see. These, you know, I think we agree that those are the two teams. But... Yeah, it's for sure them. Unless the Celtics make a move, like some kind of midseason trade, because they got Jalen Brown that they could just dish off for. They need a big. Um, the, their their front court is, is is scary right now. It's not good. I mean, first off, yeah. the top of the it's head scary would back. be like, do they really want Stephen Adams for Jalen Brown? Because they need like a big anchor on defense. Because they could theoretically send Jalen for Julius Randle, but like. Julius Randle's not helping your defense. I'm exactly. Sorry. That's Either. what I'm saying. So, yeah. I don't know. The market's fickle. Let's look at the West. Yes. I had the Clippers. I, think that I, I, th- I don't think people are giving – and obviously, papers want a thing. Production on the court's another. This team is so loaded. Yeah. They, they do not really have a weak spot, except, like, yes, they don't really have a true center, but, like, who really cares? I mean, Zubats is – Good and getting better. Montrezl Harrell's a beast. I don't think people give him enough credit. Um, you have your two superstars. You have your depth. You have your shooting. You have your um, complimentary scoring. Lou Williams off the bench. They retained Larry Shaman. I don't even know how. How did the Thunder not get Larry Shaman in that trade? Um, I, I think it's the Clippers. And in terms of rosters, I don't really think it's that close right now. I think it depends because, I mean, you know – like, Kawhi Leonard's going to be out for a few games. They're probably not going to get a top seed. Sometimes that matters, but that's not really what I'm talking about. What really matters is Paul George's shoulder, which is mm-hmm. currently either together or fully apart, and he's had to get <laughs> surgery on it, and you know how that kind of shakes up the shot. And he got shoulder surgery last year. The shot was – or not surgery. He got something with his, with his shoulder, and it was way different by the playoffs. Like, it was – considerably noticeably different and he's got it he's getting shoulder surgery this summer he already had it 
And so he's going to be out until November. My, I think it's on paper for definite, but if anything, any kind of variable happens, then it's going to be, I guess, a slugfest between Utah and LA and Denver. For that, for um, for the West, Lakers, Lakers, Nuggets, and Utah, because I think those are all the next up. They're what's next. But if the, so the Clippers, they have it to lose. It all depends on a on a shoulder. Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like I'm disrupting the Lakers. I think they have a really good team, and I, I think the Lakers are the clear se- second team. And I don't the think Lakers, so. No, I mean they have a good pick and roll. That's about it. I just think LeBron James and Anthony Davis is really yeah. They have a good pick and roll. I mean, it's it's those the, 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 that that town is very overwhelming. No, I, I agree. But... I don't think I don't think Denver has a shot to get to. To to put that kind of firepower. Granted, Denver's not going to be able to cover. There's no one on their roster that can cover LeBron because they have no actual wings. They just have kind of tall shooting guards. But kind of tall shooting guards are small power forwards. So anyway, they're kind of they have wonky little wing kind of action. So no one can guard LeBron. But I mean, it's just they're everything outside of their pick and roll is just kind of like. Like Rajon Rondo shooting some, a three. Okay, some shooting. Danny Green, Kuzma. Kuzma is yet to I be like seen. The, I like the Avery Bradley addition. I think people kind of forget about that. I like Avery Bradley, but he's been he's been very bad in the preseason. <laughs> it's just the preseason. That's not overreact. <laughs> we must. But there's nothing else to do but react. So you're taking the Clippers as well. I'll take the Clippers. Yes. And then who yes, you have for champion? Um, champion. Um, I'm taking the Clippers. Yeah, uh, I, I, th- I think that top to bottom, they're the most complete. I think top to bottom, they're also the the best coached. I think they have a legitimate. The Bucks are well coached too, but um, a legitimate coach who I think the players are really going to buy into. And that's really half the battle in the NBA. Are your players going to buy into your coach? Because when you have your whole unit working on the same page, that's really what's important when it comes to it from a coaching standpoint. Mm-hmm. And they just, they have the best team. They, they, they have two superstars. They have a point guard that's going to play defense and knock down threes. They have gritty guys coming off the bench that are going to do what you need. Jermichael Green, Will Harkless. These are guys that are legitimate NBA players. They're role players, but they're legitimate players that are going to fill minutes. And if you need 12 minutes in a big game, I trust him to go out there, play defense, and make 35 out of the threes. I and trust Jermichael Green. As do I. <laughs> You're putting your faith in, in Jermichael Green. I like it. Rodney Magruder, another guy oh who... Oh, <laughs> these are guys. You know, these are guys who are just going to help him. And then Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I mean, it's, it's going to be crazy to watch those two together because... I think that's a really, really, really nice tandem that really complements each other. Two guys who can shoot, two guys who can defend. Paul George, I don't think, really cares about taking a backseat at times, and I don't think Kawhi Leonard does either. Um, I think they're both bought in. Paul George wants to win a title. He made a conscious decision that for his legacy that he doesn't just want to be remembered as a guy who scored a lot, made the playoffs a few times, never really mounted much. He wants to be remembered for a guy who's a superstar and won a title. And, and, his, and his dunk on the bird, man. And his dunk on the Birdman, and his so, and his illegitimate children. 
yes, there are some off court things with Paul George that are kind of weird, but I think he listen. had like mm-hmm. seven kids with like a bunch of different women, a bunch of different moms. Anyway, possible here nor there. I have one last <laughs> thing. Um, so usually after the year, you kind of see like a team that's like definitely announced themselves and they'll be either contending or kind of on the brink next year. Like, uh, probably like four or five years ago, I don't know, it was maybe six or seven. Like we saw the Warriors after that ser- series with the Clippers, you were like, okay, like they're kind of here now. Like when they got Iguodala, they're like, all right, that's kind of present. Mm-hmm. When the Nets, which is kind of different because they didn't keep everything together, but last year you said, okay, they're kind of putting it together. Like they might make a run at something if they got mm-hmm. another player. Who do you think is going to be that this year? I don't know if I'm going to see anybody where I'm thinking they're going to be a contender in the next few years, but I think a team that's on the come up that is going to show that they have some really good players and some really good young players is New Orleans Pelicans. Even mm-hmm. if Zon- even if they didn't win the lottery, I-, I, j- I loved that trade. I think Brandon Ingram is pretty underrated, actually. He's gone from being like a bust and overrated to, I think, now underrated. I actually like him more than Kyle Kuzma. I think that... I think that his jumper is inconsistent, but there's something there. And the, the guy's six. I mean, he's he's so tall. He's, he's lanky. He's almost. He seems like he's almost seven feet. So, and his isolation basketball. He was the best player. He was the second best player in the Lakers last year. And he was when LeBron was injured. He was the guy that carried them at times. I know he's inconsistent, but he's still so young. And I think this is going to be a great situation for Lonzo Ball. Just a little bit out of the spotlight. He doesn't even need to carry the load at point because you have Drew Holiday. I think it's just going to be a great for his confidence. He's going to come into his own. Um, I love what the Pelicans are doing. And I think that th- it's not like the Warriors where I'm going to expect a title from them in the next few years. But I think they could be at the top of the West. They'll make sooner that sooner than people think. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. It's probably the Pelicans. Do you have anybody in the East or you think just – uh, any, <laughs> I know any, we're just dumpster diving. Anybody in the East? Um, I mean, I, th- I think we might be surprised by some stuff from Atlanta. Maybe I think That's that possible, I, yeah. I think that DeAndre Hunter is good. I don't think that his upside is crazy high, but I think he's going to be a nice starter pretty soon. Um, and I think I think Cam Reddish is a little undervalued too. Because I think I like the Cam Reddish. Quite, I think he could I think develop. He, yeah, his game is kind of NBA esque, where he's he's big, he's smooth, he can shoot a little bit. Um, he's just going to develop again. And let, you know, they're, they're not gonna they they have a lot of work to do, but I like their team, and I think they could be a playoff team like, maybe the next year. All right, not this not this year, but maybe maybe after. All right, fair enough, fair enough. They'll have to arrive. Yep, they'll get there though. So now it's time for our weekly preview. Um, no weekly review, obviously, because it's the first week, but every week we're going to give a preview of the upcoming week in the NBA, and then a review of the past week, see which teams had good weeks, which teams had bad weeks, which players had good weeks, which players had bad weeks, and right now, week one of the NBA season, crazy, that's almost here. Um, we're going to review, every every week for us is going to consider to be ending on a Saturday, I'm getting on a Sunday, but... Obviously, the season doesn't start till Tuesday, so we're going to have a short slate. Just going to review, or preview, rather, what's going to happen in this first week from Tuesday, October 22nd through Saturday. Um, so, Phil, anything that jumps out at you for this first week uh, in the NBA? Nothing really, like, crazy jumps out. 
I would say, more than New Orleans kind of picks before Zion was kind of ruled out with injuries. He's not going to be there because I really like that mm-hmm. Dallas-New Orleans game. The Knicks and New Orleans game will probably be a wash, but now it might be close, but it'll be kind of like, I don't know, they'll still beat them. Anyway, Denver-Portland Wednesday will be good. Um, the first two games Tuesday will be blah because Paul George won't be there for the Clippers. The Lakers could sneak out to a 2-0 start early because Friday they have their second game against Utah, and it's at home. So I don't know whether Utah's going to be mad pressing, but I don't know. We'll see how they kind of mesh together. They'll still be figuring it out, as will the Lakers. You see anybody special? It was going to be a really good game. I, th- I think that this Clippers team is going to be really good, even without Paul George. Um, and we know how LeBron James teams work. They, you know, they go through their growing pains to be getting, especially when it's a a brand new year with a brand new team. And I know it's the second year at the Lakers, but this team is revamped. There's a lot of new faces, mainly Anthony Davis. And I'm I'm pretty excited for that game, even though it's ten thirty start. But um, I think it's gonna be fun. I'm I, I think you know that I think the Clippers can still win that game. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, obviously. We're looking forward to seeing how the Knicks look in their first week. Uh, they start on Wednesday on the road in San Antonio. Um, It'll be interesting. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and I can't wait for that New York at Brooklyn game on Friday. Oh, that'll be fun. Um, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be really fun. Um, it's not gonna be a good game, be... but it'll be competitive. Who, who knows? Um, it's gonna. Be, I, I'm really curious to see how the crowd looks in that game. That's what uh, I'm saying. It's gonna be competitive. People will be riled up. Yeah. So that's that's gonna be fun. Um, a team that I think is has an interesting first week that I want to look out for is Portland. I think I think that Portland. I think we're gonna kind of see what kind of team Portland is. They play a bunch of Western Conference teams. They're kind of in the middle. Um, they they they're at home against Denver. Then. They go into Sacramento. That'll be interesting. And, and then they play um, – they go into Dallas. Yeah, um, that'll, be, actually be, that'll be Sacramento's first game against an actual competitor because they're playing Phoenix first Wednesday, I think. Yeah. So I want to I see how Portland looks. They have a little bit different of a roster. I want to see how Hassan Whiteside looks. But these these are games that, you know, Western Conference teams, like they're going to have to win because yeah. – there's going to be a lot of just being up on each other, and those are the games that are going to kind of matter at the end of the year when seeding is uh, in question, when who makes the playoffs is in question. Because there's only eight slots, and only so many teams um, are going to make it. Uh, also, really looking forward to watching the Warriors. I want to see what the Warriors look like early on. Primetime game on Thursday on TNT against the Clippers. Uh, that should be interesting to see how that looks. Um you know, we don't really know what to expect out of the Warriors. It's kind of weird. After so much certainty these last few years, it's a lot of uncertainty this year. You know, we know mm-hmm. Stephen Curry is. But besides that, it's, you know, like... It's part of the fun. D'Angelo Russell and the Warriors, like, what? I mean, so that, that, that'll be cool. Um, and then the Houston Rockets. You know, the new teams are going to be fun to watch, in the beginning especially. Houston-Milwaukee on Thursday is going to... That, oh, that's, that's a, a that's, that's a matchup. And it's going to be a big test for Houston at home. I'm sure the the Bucks will still be favored, but yeah, you know, just just a few games, a few teams to watch out for. You know, it's the first week, so only so much to really talk about. Prior, we just kind of have to. Yeah, there's nothing really see. to pick and prod at. We're just gonna you'll know, consume it, and then I'm sure after week one, there's gonna be 
a whole lot of hot takes to take away from this first week of the season, but a lot of games to look out for. Games every day. Um, happy to you know, be back. Happy to be back. Well, that will be that for podcast number one. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is the Hoop Scoop Pod. My name is Nate with my friend Phil. Goodbye there. And as always, thank you. And please, if you like our content, if you want to see more, like just and follow subscribe us on- down below. Yes, and just follow us on Twitter. That is the most you can do at Hoop Scoop Pod on Twitter. We get all of the best analysis, all the best content, all the best links to our weekly pods. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you very much. For another scoop of hoop.